Hi, I'm Lanny, and this is The World As It Is Today. All right, here we are. It is Thursday, June 16th at 6.30 p.m. as I'm recording this. And this will be my first attempt at a solo show. No Chedex today. Uh, it's been hard for us to get things lined up to sit down at the same time to do this, which was kind of why we set out to do this podcast in the first place. It was it's just to make time uh, to sit and just talk to each other like we kind of used to do before we had kids and as many responsibilities as we do now. Um, but it's not always easy to do that. I mean, we get plenty of time to chat uh, while we're working, but to sit down without the kids, without interruptions, um, is is challenging, especially this time of year, the growing season and everything else. So this Thursday here, it's like Sunday night for us because Chad has Wednesdays and Thursdays off. So we call it the weekend and we had a great weekend and we kept intending to sit down together to do this, but we just didn't have time. Um, so I thought I'd jump on anyway to get something released and just kind of give you an update on what we've been up to. I can't remember the last time we talked, but I did have a fermentation workshop recently that was fermented beverages, the fermented beverages workshop. That was super fun. Lots of fun. Um, for everybody in the telegram group, thank you so much for all your postings. I mean, it's so inspiring to see all the cool stuff you guys are doing in your own kitchens after that last workshop. So tons of summer sodas, berries bubbling away in jars and looking gorgeous. It's super fun stuff. Uh, I did schedule a new date for another fermentation workshop. It's going to be another round of fermentation for food preservation. I think that's the most important one that I offer at this time because it just gets so much information about how to preserve your food with fermentation and really just like the baseline of what fermentation is and why it's a safe way to preserve food. Um, so for people who don't really know anything about fermentation or want to expand their knowledge, this is a really good workshop for that. So I'm going to be doing that one July 8th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I chose a Friday evening uh, instead of a Saturday. The last ones were Sunday afternoons. And I chose that just to try to give some people who might maybe the Sunday's time slot wasn't working for a chance to join in. I've had a lot of feedback from people who wanted to come but weren't able for the last one. And so I'm hoping that this will work for you guys. Um, just send me an email if you want to sign up. Greenerpostures at pm.me, of course. And always in the uh, show notes here, there's going to be our link tree. And that's got like everything on it. So if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, if you guys want to check out our t-shirts that we have available, which I've made some cool ones for fermentation and food preservation too, as well as like, um, I made a bunch of a funny conspiracy theory type shirts like uh, dinosaurs. So they say. So, so yeah, go check out our t-shirts. Um, but then there's also a little trailer for the new fermentation for food preservation workshop. So around the homestead, we've got a lot going on. Um, we have our meat birds that we're taking care of, which are way more high maintenance than laying hens. Um, they like need to be moved more often. Their poo is like ridiculously like thick matted on the space they're in, in like a day where like you can leave, uh, laying hens like in the same spot for a few days and it seems reasonable still. Um, it's a different kind of poo. They're eating the same feed as the other ones. Like, I don't understand what it is. These things are just shitting machines. It's pretty amazing. Actually, I'm, I'm not even mad. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, 
So that's been time consuming for Chud. He is um, moving them and we've got them in like a dog kennel right now. That's also wrapped in chicken wire. We're not using the chicken tractor that he had set up yet because it's just too drafty and they still are not fully feathered. Um, it's weird because you're supposed to slaughter them like eight weeks. So it's like by the time they're fully feathered, we're just going to murder them anyway. So I'm not sure when we're going to be able to move them, but it's like still been colder than it usually is uh, this time of year here. So at nighttime has been like 48, 50 degrees. And that's just a little too chilly for these guys. So we have them in this dog kennel thing covered in a tarp around three sides of it. Um, oh, well, four sides of it because the ceiling. So like the the over the top, over and over three sides of it uh, to kind of like with a heat lamp and a brooder plate still just to keep them in a spot where they can stay warm enough. Um, but that's good because none of no more of them have died um, after the first, you know, Couple, it was like a week and a half. I think we lost three or four of them. They've been doing better. They're getting big. Looking forward to being done with them and having them in the freezer, though, and making some delicious stock. Um, I'm surprised that I'm looking at them and thinking anything about food because they're pretty gross looking. Their skin is like pink and like bumpy and they don't have all their feathers yet. And they're just chunky and like ha have a hard time like standing up. But they're they have these big, nice feet and I'm like, those are going to make some good broth. So, you know, you got to be realistic with what you're doing with when you're picking up animals for this kind of thing. Um, so we've been doing that and then stuff in the garden, like Chud, uh, he weeded like the whole, we call it the berry patch. It's where we have our raspberries and blueberry bushes and we have a grape, uh, leaf. What, what's it called? Grape tree. I think it's grape bush, grape vine. There you go. It's grape vine. It's not very viney yet. Cause it's still so small. So that's why it took me a second. Yeah. It's going to be uh, great. So he, he just set up this new uh, trellis that he made out of a cattle panel. It's like a big arch that this thing can grow up in around and over, uh, which is going to be pretty rad because then we can kind of have a place to chill under, maybe fit a couple of chairs under there in the evening. Maybe we'll put some uh, string lights out there eventually. And that'll be pretty rad. Just a little garden space to hang out in. We have a lot of food growing, but we haven't had much hangout space in the garden besides just sitting in the, you know, row in the middle of the rows between beds and hanging out, which I've been doing a lot because our baby, our 19 month old almost is, um, actually is that today? Oh, tomorrow he's 19 months old. Um, yeah, he's, he's like super into food. So he, he's been enjoying being out there with me and picking carrots and wiping the dirt off of them and eating those like, you know, Bugs Bunny style with the big long, uh, carrot tops attached. And we actually got our first red strawberry today. So that's super exciting. Again, it's been colder than normal here and we haven't had as many sunny days. So while we have a lot of berries on the bushes, they're not ripening. Um, normally we would definitely be like full swing into strawberry season in our County and it's not happening yet. It's just going to take some more sunny days for those to ripen up and then they'll be here. And I'm looking forward to it because more than even what we'll, we'll probably use mostly of what we get for fresh eating from our, uh, strawberry bushes, but I would like to get a whole bunch of local strawberries when they're good. Like the little ones that are super red and really tasty and make jam again. I made some really good honey jam and canned it last year and we have like two jars left. So that was good. But I think we kind of rationed it because we liked it so much. So this year I want to make like twice as much so we we can just go for it whenever we want to. Like it's it's good. 
because it was just a little bit of honey and strawberries. So it was really low in sugar compared to what's in the stores. And I use that, I think it's called like Pomona's pectin. That's specifically made for thickening jams that are really low sugar and including uh, ones that use honey. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go for that again. I made like a strawberry banana one last year, which was really weird and it was pretty good. Uh, surprisingly, but it wasn't my favorite. Uh, didn't go good with peanut butter. No, I don't know why it's weird. Cause peanut butter and banana go good and strawberry jam and banana and peanut butter go good and strawberry and banana go good. But all three of them together, it just, I didn't, didn't do it. So anyway, more jam coming up, uh, soon. And then we like our fruit trees are looking good. Tons of carrots, tons of beets, um, some, spinach, Swiss chard, peas are growing, beans are growing. Everything's looking pretty rad out there. Lots of eggs from the chickens. We have one hen trying to go broody. She's pretty cute. Oh, I could tell you that I rescued one of our chickens the other day. It was pretty amazing, actually. Proud of myself. Um, Chud was upstairs with our two boys and it was the evening, but not late. It was like 5.30 or 6 and I was cleaning up after dinner. I was doing the dishes or maybe it was just before dinner and I was starting to cook. Anyway, I'm in the kitchen and I had the windows open because it's, you know, nice out, cool breeze coming through. And I hear a bunch of squawking all of a sudden. And I look out in front of me where I look out this window that looks over part of the driveway. And I see my chickens running and I look farther behind that and I see a coyote chasing them. I'm like, what the hell? So I just start running and yelling like to the back door. And as I get to the back porch... It's there in my driveway, grabbing one of my chickens, one of my black hens. And I just grabbed the first thing I saw, which was this, uh, like garden hose squirter, you know, it looks like a gun and it's uh, like a nozzle, a hose nozzle, I guess. I grabbed that off the railing of the porch and I chucked it at it while I, I screamed, get, get, <laughs> which I yell out at my kids sometimes. And my oldest one thinks it's really funny. Go on, get. So I uh, throw this nozzle and I actually hit the freaking coyote. I was like super surprised that I actually hit the coyote. He like looks stunned and I so I and I run down the porch and start running after him. And so he lets go of my chicken and starts to run, but not very fast, like much faster than me. But not that fast. He gets a little bit, you know, out away from the driveway and stops and looks at me. And then I start charging at him as fast as I can run. And I'm like barefoot and like running in this field. And as, and I screamed at him and like, as I did that, then he looked afraid and he turned from me and ran as fast as he could, like out into the woods. And I chased him for a while. I just kept going down the trail while he, where he went yelling. Oh yeah. I picked up a plastic like lawn chair at some point when I was running towards him and was also waving that around above my head. So hopefully the neighbors didn't see me cause that probably looked a little weird, but they might have, and that's okay too. Um, when I came back, I was unsure if what had exactly had happened and if all of my chickens were okay. Cause it just happened so fast. Uh, when I saw the coyote running away, he had like a big, it looked like a chunk of a black chicken out of his mouth. Um, but when I got back to the site, there was just like all these black feathers everywhere. And I was like, Oh no, I, I, I couldn't tell like if he had gotten a chicken or not. 
Um, so then, you know, all of them are all worried, all the hens we get and the roosters, we get a bunch of them back in and we close it up. You know, by that time, when I was walking back to the driveway, Chud had heard stuff from upstairs and he was outside too. So we together got the chickens back in the coop. And then like a half an hour later, there was a couple more chickens in the yard. Like they had scattered and we let them in the coop. And then about an hour after that, one last chicken making weird sounds outside just before it got dark. And we went out and that was the one that was the chicken that had got, you know, that I, I had seen in the coyote's mouth when I got outside and she was missing some feathers like off her, um, like right leg, like thigh area, but she was okay. So we got her back in the coop and she's fine. So we did not lose a chicken. It was just chunks of feathers out of his mouth because he had pulled some out in the struggle. So that was awesome. I felt pretty rad afterwards um, that I was proud of my instincts and reflexes there without like having time to think at all. I'm just like charging towards a coyote with a lawn chair and a hose nozzle. Seemed like it was just fine and worked out. So that was cool um, to not lose a chicken to a coyote. Um, I had to chase one away like a, a week or two ago. Um, that was farther out in the field, but like I could see him sneaking up and watching where the chickens were near my kitchen window. And it was like 1230 at that time. So they're hungry right now. You know, it's late spring and they just, I don't know, they looked, this one looked, both times looked kind of young. And it's a beautiful animal, like fluffy and fuzzy and like healthy looking dog. But where I grew up in like closer to downtown Bellingham, um, Washington, the coyotes there lived in like this area called Connolly Creek, which was, it's like a, 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 a trail, you know, and a creek runs through there. But like there's apartments like on both sides of it. It's like really city. So there was not very much, you know, wilderness there. Uh, and the coyotes would live there and pretty much feast on, you know, raccoons and house cats. Um, they were mangy and like their fur was all falling out. They were matted and ratty and skinny and they did not look like this beautiful dog that I saw in the yard twice. So it's like, would be hard to try to hurt this dog, but I just want it to know that we're watching, we're here, we're crazy. You can't take our chickens. So I think I conveyed that the last two times I chased it around. Yeah. Well, um, one other thing I wanted to bring up was an article that I just came across today. Um, in a lot of people listened to our episode, uh, a formula for disaster, which I think was our 20th episode. It was a couple back where we talk about, um, the infant formula shortage, you know, how and why the history of infant formula, you know, breastfeeding, all of that stuff. Um, I reflected on that quite a bit after recording that episode. And I think it's, it came to me after, like, if I think about the idea that this formula shortage means that, that babies would be starving, that's horrible. And I, I don't think I conveyed that in that episode. So I apologize for that. Um, maybe I wasn't as sensitive as I could be, but I'm pretty heated about the whole, um, psychological operation to make women think that breastfeeding their children is optional and not important and that there's more important things they should be doing like working a matrix job and earning dollars to then send their kid to daycare and buy formula. That's crazy. Obviously being there with your children and breastfeeding is ideal, but if you're already in the position where you're feeding formula, a formula shortage is devastating and that sucks. And I'm really sorry for that. 
So the article that I came across today is about that same place called Abbott Laboratories, which is in uh, Sturgis, Michigan. Um, They were the ones that were closed down because of potential bacterial strains that could have been linked to their facility poisoning some infants. Um, I think Monica Perez did a little bit on this, one of her deep dives. And I think she said that the strains of of, uh, bacteria were not even the same strains that were also found in the plant. So that they, it sounds like those things couldn't actually, couldn't have actually made uh, for sick kids. So that's even adding more to the mystery behind this. But this article today is insane, insane. So the company notified the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration that there was a flood there after severe storms and heavy rains in southwestern Michigan. It flooded the area of Sturges where this plant is. And it said they had been reopened and doing and producing or just starting production a week ago. And now they're closed and it's likely going to be for a few weeks. What the heck? Like what the heck is going on? Like, I, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I just saw a bunch of stuff online the other day about a bunch of cattle mysteriously, mysteriously dying. They're saying it's from heat, but it's not been in an exceptionally hot uh, time compared to other times, other years in this location. Um, it's just, it seems like every other day there's some kind of a, you know, food manufacturing facility or distribution hub that's on fire or having a plane crashed into it or closed down for some reason, or now a flood, like, wow, you can't make this up. So yes, grow food. Everybody's saying that all on all these podcasts we listen to, and that's awesome. But preserve food, store food. Don't just plant some seeds in the garden and, and you know, say a prayer for wintertime. Like, plan for what you can eat for a few months at least. Maybe just a little bit at a time. Buy more of the things that you like to keep in your cupboards and store them. Um, you know, the best thing you can prep is skills. So, be prepared because you know how to cook things and you know how to forage, you know how to collect things outside of your home, whatever you have in your area, if that's possible. Learn different ways to preserve food, get a dehydrator. Um, but uh, there's a lot of options for figuring out how to preserve, preserve food and how to make stuff yourself. So please um, continue to work towards that because I think most people who are listening to this are already doing that. So I'm, I'm preaching to the choir and I'm glad, I'm glad that we are here in this community of people who are, are mindful and taking responsibility for themselves. So that's, that's pretty rad. Um, let's see. So yeah, I didn't really have much else today. This is going to be a short one. Um, I would mention that I don't think we ever mentioned on here that we, (laughs) we recorded with Monica Perez. She interviewed us for the propaganda report feed. And that's to me is just like insane. Like she's, she's the, my first favorite podcast. Like I had listened to other stuff before her, Um, you know, Chet had been into podcasts for a while and he was listening to them at work and I didn't have as much time. I had my drive to and from work to listen, but I couldn't, and my lunch break, but I couldn't listen while I was working in the job that I had. But he, um, he was listening to like Dave Smith and Tom Woods and Bob Murphy, you know, uh, Pete Q. I can't remember what else at the time that were his faves, but mainly Dave Smith. So I started listening to Dave too, for the most part, just so when we talked to each other, you know, after work with the limited amount of time that we had together, that we could like 
be kind of on the same page of a topic and discuss it rather than having to one of us explain that thing to the other and then have a conversation about it. So it was kind of cool that way. And then I think Dave had Monica on his show and I didn't listen to it yet. Chad did. And then he was like, you should check that episode out. I think you're going to like this lady. And honestly, I was like, uh, I don't know. Because I have to admit, I'm kind of sexist. So I typically don't like female authors, comedians, um, like entertainers at all. I'm very picky with my female entertainers. Because I'm like annoyed a lot of the time where I'm like, this person's not very talented. They're just acting cute. And that's annoying to me. So I'm sure there's other women listening to this that can relate to that. And I'm not saying that I just hate on all cute girls. Like you can be cute and smart and funny and talented and well-spoken. So uh, both of those things have to coexist. You can't just be cute and bat your eyes and have me enjoy, you know, listening to whatever you're putting out there. Um, Monica is not that she is very good looking and, but she is very talented and super well-spoken. But mostly when I listened to that episode, I was like, yeah, Dave Smith. Yeah. Yeah. He gets it. Freedom. It's important. And this is kind of like before he became libertarian, he was still just saying he was an anarchist and libertarians were stupid. It was like right before he went uh, and joined the libertarian party. And Mo but when Monica was talking, I was like, oh shit, she gets it. She thinks everything is a trick and everything is a psyop. And like, like she just, she was like speaking and I was like, yes, no one said in words what I've kind of thought. And I've never articulated before, you know, this, this, I get it. So then I went and started listening to the propaganda report and it was like the best thing ever. And that was like, you know, 30 minutes for me to catch up on, you know, once the, the next day, um, on my drive to and from work. And then you know, I think it was Chud encouraged me to, um, send her an email. I think he maybe even sent, yeah, he sent her an email about me and gave her my email address when I had first found out I was pregnant in 2020 when shit was in lockdown and we were listening to prop report. So we were listening to, you know, episodes about event 201 and things like that when all this had started. And so I was like clearly nervous about what was going to happen and, um, she wrote me a letter and it was super nice. And I was like, she's like, just was just so nice and warm. And I, and went back and forth with her and she was super supportive of, you know, me having the baby. And she told me experiences with her kids and pregnancies and all of that. And it was just really nice. So to go from like being a fangirl and, uh, <laughs> exchanging in emails to then, you know, being on a Zoom call with her that introduced us to Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled and started us on the podcasting journey, uh, you know, with Chud joining up with Adam on Into the Apocalypse and then Deborah Gets Red Pilled and then us starting this podcast. Um, I never really thought that that would come all the way around to then us being on the propaganda report with Monica. And we were, and that was super special to me. So I just wanted to say that out here. That was really rad. I feel honored to be a part of that conversation with her. It was really fun. It was a good talk. So if you haven't checked that out, you can find us there somewhere on the propaganda report feed. Although I'm probably, if you're listening to this, you already knew that because, uh, yeah, you're probably subscribed, which is important. And all this changes they've been doing, you like splitting Binkley and her up has, has been tricky. 
I love Binkley, but I like their dynamic and it's, uh, it's good, but I've still been listening. Um, but not to all of it. It's like splitting into two shows has just made it harder. And honestly, it's been harder to listen to anything lately because the kids are up for longer hours because the sun is up for longer hours. So I don't have my couple hours in the morning as I used to, um, to listen to podcasts while I'm doing stuff, uh, laundry dishes, cooking stuff, uh, before everybody's awake in the house. Uh, Chad goes to work super early. So then I usually have that time to myself, but the kids have been get like, they were up by seven 30 today. So I only had, you know, like an hour and a half before, um, they were with me, uh, which is cool. It's just different less podcasts. Yesterday, I listened to a whole bunch of false reality check, um, both their show and them on other shows. And it was fun. They, they are good folks. The other thing we've been working on that we don't mention often is feed the beauty, which is with false reality check, um, Buffalo and legs, Adam from Deborah gets red pilled. Um, and, uh, Moral Bob and his wife, uh, from hidden in plain sight. And we talk about, you know, homesteading stuff, homemaking stuff, we talked about homeschooling last time. So I think that's got its own feed now. So you might be able to check out Feed the Beauty. I think it's Castos that they put it out on. Um, and I think, yeah, in our link tree, I have a link to that as well. So if you haven't been listening to that one, that's fun. There's only three episodes. We're just doing one, one once a month. So you can check that out if you'd like. Uh, we also just recorded with Kyle from uh, Big Dumb Podcast. Uh, we did that on Monday. Today's Thursday. So I think he said he was going to put it out Thursday. That's today. So maybe soon. Uh, keep an eye out for Chud and Lanny on the Big Time Podcast. It was fun. What a nice guy. He's a great host. Uh, he's got a good radio voice too. I always appreciate that. Um, so he um, invited us on after I was on like a roundtable thing with him and Andy from Deep Share and the Legit Bat folks and... Um, Ron from Ron and Buckley and other people. Uh, I think we talked about it all on the last episode. So yeah, after that, I connected with Kyle and he invited us on. So that's pretty rad. And he's getting married soon uh, in July. So congratulations to you, Kyle. Good move, man. Good move. Getting married, having kids, growing food, doing your things for yourself. I swear that's like, the most punk rock thing that you can do these days. It's been said before, but it's totally true. Oh, well, I felt like there was more that I had to mention, but I can't think of it now. And, um, it, it is, it's different, uh, doing a solo show. So kudos to all you podcasters who out there that do, uh, solo episodes. That's, uh, that's, that's takes some, I don't know. I don't know what it takes. You know, you gotta, don't have somebody to pick up the slack when you kind of draw blank or you don't know where to go with the conversation. There's no energy to, to bounce off of. Um, so it feels different doing this. It's not as fun as it is with Chud, but hopefully I haven't been entirely boring. And I think that this has been informative for anyone who is following, um, you know, our journey or saga saga. No, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's one other thing this weekend we are getting part of the reason we're so busy is we're getting ready for this event on Saturday at rising moon meadows in Whatcom County. They're having their anniversary celebration and a fundraising event for the learning center that they're opening in September, I believe. And they are this really cool property that these two families purchased together 
and they're just doing it. They're doing whatever they want to do there. They're having cool events. Like they have DJ dance parties. They have sound healing. They have uh, breath work ceremonies. They have potlucks there. It's a bunch of hippie shit, new age stuff, crystals and like whatever gongs. I almost said dongs. They probably have those there too. I don't know. Lots of dongs. Um, Crystal bowls. um, Stuff that I would have made fun of a couple years ago, but I think is pretty rad now as my mind continues to open, you know, and I become more open to different things. Um, I I think it's really awesome what they're doing there. I'm pretty proud of them. I'm happy to know them and be their friends. And I'm honored that they asked us to come and run their concession stands. So Chud and I will be there on Saturday, uh, cooking up some brats and saying hi to people. So if you are local, come to that. Um, there's, um, oh yeah. And Max, a listener of Deborah gets red pilled, who you might've heard us mention before, we uh, connected with him because of the show and now are good friends and he's going to come as well and be helping at that event. So that'll be fun. Uh, good for the whole family. There'll be music and games and a bunch of like table vendors, people trading stuff. It's just, it's going to be a good scene. And so everybody pray for um, clear, beautiful skies on Saturday the 18th. So I will put this out tomorrow morning and I hope it finds all of you well. And I hope the next time that you see a post from the world as it is today, it is including Chud as well, at least, if not some more wonderful guests. As much as I like having guests on here, though, I think my episodes with Chud are my favorite. So by this point in the (laughs) podcast, he's usually making me laugh. And I don't have that right now. So I keep looking over at his chair. He's not there. It's very strange. So I'm going to go. I'll leave you with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, This has been The World As It Is Today.